0: Can I <laughs> August 22, 1944. The torpedo struck at 1716. Twenty-one men were killed by the blast or drowned when they couldn't escape their flooding compartments. On a baby flat top, an escort carrier, off the northernmost tip of Norway, even in late August, the thought of going topside and maybe ending up in the water was unappealing but staying below deck after a 50-foot hole has been blasted into your hull is no option either. Half of the mostly Canadian crew of 840 were below and scrambled up to the flight deck. The ship was taking on water and sitting heavy in the stern and listing to starboard. The captain gave orders to prepare to abandon ship. HMS Nabob was the first aircraft carrier manned and captained by Canadians, though still a Royal Navy ship. It was part of a convoy that ran supplies between the United States and Murmansk in the Soviet Union, and its Avenger dive bombers and Wildcat fighters provided air cover along the way. It had been in service since January, and the young men who worked below and operated the flight deck were from all over Canada, B.C. and New Brunswick, Ontario, PEI and Quebec, One young man from Saskatchewan said he joined the Navy because the Army trained on an open field on the prairie in winter. The men gathered on deck, watching the waters for signs of the inevitable coup de grace, the second torpedo that would surely sink the nabob. The miracle was that the first one hadn't done the job right away as an aircraft carrier serves as a floating airfield, the hull filled with volatile high-octane fuel. No German U-boat commander would let so tempting a target as a disabled aircraft carrier get away like that, and the crew knew it. The voice of navigation officer Lieutenant Glenn MacDonald was heard over the loudspeakers. Let's sing, men. And the voices of hundreds of men and officers joined MacDonald and his accordion in Roll Along, Wavy Navy, Roll Along, the unofficial anthem of the Royal Canadian Naval Volunteer Reserve. Eight minutes after the nabob had been hit, a second torpedo was on its way. But the frigate Bickerton passed between the nabob and the U-boat at that moment and took the hit intended for the carrier. Forty men were killed in the explosion, and by day's end Bickerton's survivors would be rescued by another destroyer before it scuttled her with two of its own torpedoes. Over the next week, a skeleton crew remained aboard the nabob, stubbornly trying to keep it afloat. Crewmen took acetylene torches to anything non-essential and tossed it overboard, guns and ammo. Stokers pumped out water and kept motors going. Shipwrights shored up bulkheads with beams of timber. The captain frequently changed course to avoid another submarine encounter, and was only able to dislodge one pursuer by sending up two Avengers at night, a dangerous proposition. To scare him off. After a week the Nabob made it to port in Scotland, its engines giving out in the final stretch and having to be brought in by tugs. It was the only escort carrier known to have survived a torpedo hit, thanks to luck and the work of its crew. This November 11th will mark our first Remembrance Day without a man named Guy Jobet. Guy's job at the age of twenty, was to man the Bofors and Urlikon guns aboard the Nabob. He was below decks when the torpedo hit, and even though he suffered a terrible back injury, it was one of the men who stayed aboard to keep her afloat. Eventually suffering from total paralysis of the legs, he would spend the better part of two years in hospital because of that day, doctors telling him he would probably never walk again. A photo of Guy running a five-kilometer race in 1979 tells us he put as much stock in those doctors as the men of the Nabob did when the commander-in-chief cabled they should sink her like the Bickerton. Mind you, Guy would point out that in that race of 83 runners, he came in 82nd. Guy died this week at the age of 91. His wife, my dad's sister Jeanette, passed away earlier this year. I could talk about him for far more than this paragraph or two, but he wouldn't want that. He was a proud veteran, but was always careful to point out that he wasn't interested in glorifying war. He wrote in a note to me many years ago that what happened on that ship was about men who were trained to do a job, and when the time came, did it. It's an almost banal way of putting it. But knowing your job, that is what your purpose is, and not letting down the other guy. These are qualities I strive for in everything I do, and would hope we all do. But even at my age, no, I sometimes come up short. That such young men, at that time, in those conditions, accomplished what they did, does deserve to be remembered. As a side note. In Germany, there is also a day of mourning held in November. I wonder if anyone is still around to remember the 51 men of U-354. Their boat was sunk by British depth charges, and they were all killed, two days after the Nabob and Bickerton were torpedoed. Pretty much. Episode 39. HMS Nabob. Written and read by Scott Clarkson. Music by Garner Firebird.